What up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Indie Analysis. Today, we are talking about the Sacramento Kings. I'm your co-host, Alan J. Panion, and we have interim co-host, Coach Kyle Curry. How are you doing, Coach? Always a pleasure. It's great to be here, Alan. Should, should, I, should I call you Fred as you are replacing Fred today? Yeah, please, please don't. <laughs> so like like we said we're talking about the sacramento kings and they were 12th in the west so they were 30 and 52 and i have them written down as a rebuilding team but they could be rebuilding they could be buying they could be selling. they're doing all the, they're doing all of it at the same time somehow it's kind of like all over the place yeah they're all over the place and we're here to try to analyze that so let's start with the primary rotation from last year they had Darren Fox at point guard, Dante DiVincenzo at shooting guard, and Mo Harkless, small yeah. forward, Harrison Barnes, Damana Sabonis, who they picked up at the trade deadline at center. And off the bench, they had off night, Davian Mitchell at point guard, Terrence Davis, shooting guard, Josh Jackson, and they had Justin Holiday mixed in there too at small forward, Trey Lyles at power forward, and Rashawn Holmes at center. Starting with the rotation, what do you think, Coach? Like you said, the, the problem with the rotation is that they – like this, these lineups are just so in between. You know, they're are they are they trying to rebuild? Because a lot of these guys they're picking up the draft, or then they trade it for. You know, they end up getting Dante DiVincenzo, who you thought was a nice young piece. And, uh, they they trade it for Demontis Bonus for Tyrese Halliburton, who's probably one of the better guys they had picked up out of the draft in the last several years. They traded him away. Yeah. Uh, so their rotations and. Didn't didn't necessarily make sense that are the things that they were doing during the season. I will say that um, the last part of the season they looked like they were kind of getting some chemistry there. De'Aaron Fox and the minus the bonus. You know the last what uh, 14, 15 games of the season, uh, De'Aaron Fox is averaging almost twenty nine or about twenty nine points a game. So he and Sabonis were figuring it out. Um, it was kind of a head scratcher when they traded Tyrese Halliburton, but. Um, mm-hmm. It, it seemed to work out from that standpoint. It allows, it opens the floor up for, you know, guys like Davion Mitchell to get a little yeah. more playing time. He's a nice young piece. He, he can score a little bit, not as athletic as you'd like him to be at that size. Can't shoot as well um, as you'd like him to be able to shoot at that size. He's a lockdown defender. What's his nickname? Um, off, off night. night. Off night, yeah. Um, so I think their rotation last year, well, you know, they, they definitely have improved on it this year. I know we're going to talk about that a little later. Um, but the thing with last year, like they haven't lacked in a whole lot of scoring in their rotation. What they lack is defense. So hopefully that gets a little better. I could definitely see them, you know, if they start to step it up on the defensive side of the ball, uh, being a little better, maybe breaking that 16 year, you know, yeah. playoff drought streak that they have gone. And one thing, like you said about defense is like looking at their roster on paper, on paper, it doesn't, okay. it's, it's not a bad roster at all. They have. In my opinion, they have the talent to make a, a playoff run and yeah. and I, and maybe be like maybe win in the playing tournament, make a playoff run. But yeah. it's just something something doesn't fit. Whether that's the coaching, the management decisions, it's something always just happened two years ago, right before the year before this year. They they were on pace to make the playoffs at a at a pretty decent rate, but then in the middle of the season they just kind of fell apart and. Um, something always just happens to them like that in the middle of the season or they just start off bad and it just never gets better so they have the talent but they have to put everything together in order to make a playoff run and I think that serves with the coaching Yeah, they fired um, Luke Walton 
uh, this year in November, so very early on, after a slow start, they hired Alvin Gentry, and uh, it didn't improve too much. So I'm, I'm going to pass it back to you. Do you think? How do you think the coaching affects their team and obviously their mismatch kind of lineups? Um, I think I think coaching affects a, a lot more in the NBA than people really think it does. A lot of people will put that on the players, mm-hmm. but you know, uh, coaching, especially with younger teams. People look at guys like, you know, the, the big guys like um, LeBron or Kevin Durant or Giannis, they always assume like those kind of guys are doing their own thing and they don't need it. Like Kyrie said, we don't need a coach. Yeah. Um, but specifically the younger teams, you're seeing more guys that are trying to make it in the league. And so they're relying more heavily on the system, more heavily on, you know, uh, the coaches who are helping them to develop and putting them in certain situations. They're trying to figure out what kind of players they're going to be. If you don't have a consistent direction, a lot of these players, when you're, when you're, getting like they're in the lottery every year so they're getting these these really good players out of the out of the uh out of the lottery out of the draft um and if 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 every two years they're replacing those guys with new guys what direction is the team going if the Mm -hmm. team's not going in a in a solid direction and the organization's not how are these guys coming in fresh going to know what they're supposed to do um so i think there's no there hasn't been consistency uh Mm -hmm. and that starts from the top level that starts like those guys aren't drafting themselves um but I will say I did like the 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 hire of 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 Mike Brown uh, with some of the moves they made. We know Demonis Sabonis is a great rebounder. He's a good passer for his size. He can uh, score the ball. He's uh, almost not quite a twenty a game guy, twenty a night guy. But he's going to give you you know eighteen, nineteen, and maybe fifteen rebounds, four or five assists a night. Um, but Mike Brown can bring a defensive presence and defensive identity to that team. Uh, we know he was great with the Cavs. He had some 60-win teams with them. Probably, he coached probably what was at the time the best Cavs team ever at mm-hmm. the time, even more so than the old Mike Mark Price Cavs back then, I yeah. think, with LeBron and Mo Williams and some of those guys that made it yeah. um, that probably should have gone to the finals last year. No, they lost, that year they lost to you know uh, the Celtics. They lost Boston. to Orlando. Uh, they were 60-win teams for a reason, and part of that was the defensive identity that Mike Brown brought. It wasn't just LeBron. It was him bringing that. Um, we see what he's done as an assist, as a high-level assistant, as the associate head coach in Golden State, been very successful. He's been around them, and their defense was very good as well. It wasn't just the offense; they had a top defense as well. Um, and I think he was a big part of that. So hopefully, he can bring some of that experience. He's a like a 30-year experience coach, so he can bring some of that experience and hopefully some consistency to that team. Yeah, we saw we saw him in the when Steve Kerr was out against the Cavs in the finals. He saw him step in and seamlessly take on the Warriors and they they were dominant defensively against those Cavs teams um I, yeah I want to I, I agree with you I just want to reiterate that their identity is just it's just in shambles right now they don't they don't have either like we said at the beginning they're rebuilding they're selling they're buying they're doing something always all at the, the same, same time, time. <laughs> so they're so <laughs> their identity is just like it's all different pieces so I think Starts with the head up, maybe sell, maybe moving off the owner, the owner moving or selling the team to somebody who can bring in some actual culture and some some winning culture back to Sacramento. Yeah. And I don't know. So like you said, starts from the top, the top down, and putting together that identity is the most important part, in my opinion, right now. Well, I will say the one the one thing that I that they have done is the the on, probably the only consistent thing um, is is De'Aaron Fox. So that's a place to start. You know, yeah. um, I don't know if they did a great job building around him before. They had Buddy Hill, who was great. Uh, he was a, a shooter who played well. 
with yeah. um with the Aaron Fox. But outside of that, you know, they drafted Tyrese Halliburton, who's a good player. But I think and this part may be part of why he was traded um after the great rookie season he had was because a lot he was very redundant or those two were redundant alongside each other sometimes it was you know your turn my turn type of thing they weren't necessarily playing in concert with each other and complementing each other's skill sets so if they if they really try to build around De'Aaron Fox he doesn't shoot very well put some more shooters around him shore up that defense they could start to go in a different direction now that they've traded away some of those young guys Davion Mitchell's a good defender they brought in a defensive coach uh, to probably back up to, to uh, Rashawn Holmes, who can back up DeMontis Sabonis and, and be a little bit of a rim protector and a strong rebounder. They're looking like in the past few months, they're starting to head in a right direction. Obviously, it's way too soon to tell. Um, mm-hmm. And I know we're going to talk about some of these other, you know, the, the roster changes they've made, some of the other decisions they've made. But it looks like right now they're starting to get it together. It's, again, way too soon to tell. We've probably said this before. With this team, every every team is a championship team at this point in the season, heading into the training training camps and preseason before, you know, games actually start. But so far, I, I, I'm liking what they're trying to do. Right before we get to the offseason talks, I just wanted to talk re- touch really quick about like the trades last season, bringing Demontis Bonus. You touched briefly on that, and I just want to reiterate that they've only played like maybe. I think around twenty five, like less than twenty games together. De'Aaron Fox, Demontis Sabonis. So it's like. They, the Sacramento Kings were probably not going to make the playoffs last year, even with adding Sabonis because of their previous records. So, get give it a year, maybe just see how those two mesh. And if they don't mesh at all, you guys are even worse or at the same level as last year. Maybe then some drastic change needs to happen. But give it a year, and yeah, yeah just let just let it all play out and see how they mesh together. Well, moving on to the off season talk. With salary issues, they have Harrison Barnes, who's making over twenty million dollars a year. So that's he's he's averaging sixteen points a game, which isn't terrible, and he's a kind of a, a utility guy. He does he does a lot of things well. He he shot thirty nine percent from three, as a set you brought up. So he, is he might be worth twenty twenty million dollars, but at this point, you might want to trade him for like a better defender or a better shooter or a more skill guy. Uh, he's making twenty million and. The only other issue was maybe Jeremy Lamb, but he was shipped off to Indiana, so that's not really an issue at all anymore. Looking at free agency, they re-signed Trey Lyles, they re-signed Nimas Keita, um, a rookie they drafted uh, around three years ago. They they signed Malik Monk from the Lakers, which could be which could be pretty big, and they signed Ken Bazemore. So I think Malik Monk's a bonus. He is a great passer for his position. I think bringing in a, a guy like Malik Monk who can stretch the floor and take somebody off the dribble. I think having him alongside De'Aaron Fox can definitely be useful. And, yeah, they lost Dante DiVincenzo, unfortunately, and lost Damian Jones. But um, looking at these next trades, that I think they definitely made up for that, that those two losses. One guy you didn't mention, or um, well, they, they also added Kevin Herter. Um, yeah, yeah. Kevin, yeah, Kevin Herter is yeah. another guy that can stretch the floor. So, you know, between Kevin Herter, uh, that's what I mean about, you know, building around De'Aaron Fox the right way, not just putting talent around on the floor but getting some guys that can that can play off of him kevin herter uh is a is a is above average three-point shooter we saw what he did and, and now at, at this point he's got some deep playoff experience mm-hmm. uh with that 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 young atlanta team from a couple years ago um so he's a a, a high 30s guy and from shooting from three malik monk who seemed to have gained a lot of confidence playing with the lakers last year hopefully that can carry over um, and he can, you know, continue to stretch the floor, continue to put points on the board and make defenses pay for not respecting him. 
Um, yeah. So I, they, they seem to be heading in the right direction. Yeah, and going into that, um, those trades, uh, they did trade for Kevin Herter. They traded Mo Harkless, um, Justin Holiday, and a future first-round pick for Kevin Herter. So I think that was they got they got rid of two decent defenders, but not great defenders, and two people who were not super important rotational players for a potentially important rotational player in Kevin Herter who can stress the floor, like you said, and brings in good playoff experience. Looking at some more potential trades, we were shopping around before off-camera, we were shopping around looking for Her places for Harrison Barnes, and we came up with two different spots. The first one um, is kind of mixed feelings on both sides. The Kings could get Matisse Thibel, a super, a really good perimeter defender, for Concord Maz, a, a good knockdown shooter, and Mike Scott, and the 76ers would get Harrison Barnes and maybe some first-round picks. I like that trade specifically for Sacramento um, because what it does is it focuses your team a little bit more. Uh, Harrison Barnes, like you said, is a utility guy, so he does a little bit of everything, but not any one thing great at a at a great level. The best thing he probably does in that regard is he probably he shoots 39%. I think he's a 38% shooter for his career from three. Last year he shot 39%, but it's not really what he does. He's not a volume shooter like that. Yeah. Um, Matisse Thibel, who's not really a shooter, can come in and focus on defense. The one thing about him I don't like is that you put another guy alongside uh, De'Aaron Fox, who De'Aaron Fox can't yeah. shoot, Davion, Davion, Davion Mitchell can't shoot. Um, but as far as shoring up their defense, specifically with, with the minus of bonus being on the floor, um, mm -hmm. you don't necessarily love that. But with the addition of Kevin Herter, with the addition of Malik Monk, I think that could work offensively because they can both score. I think Kevin Herter is an underrated scorer, not just a shooter. Mm -hmm. Malik Monk is an underrated scorer, not just a shooter. But they can play those spot-up shooter roles as well. I think it also works for the Sixers to have a guy who people forget um, that as, as Philadelphia is trying to build towards a championship, Harrison Barnes has been on a championship team. He was a starter on that very first uh I think it was 2015, the 2015 Warriors that beat the Cavs. He was on that team, and he was a starter on that team. Think about Iguodala, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Steph Curry, who else was there before Kevin Durant? It was Harrison Barnes. Yeah. Um, and if not for Kevin Durant coming in, he might have still been there after the fact. Obviously, if Kevin Durant comes in at your position, you're probably not going <laughs> to be there too much longer. But he was a, he yeah. was a, a key piece and a starter on that team for a reason that would give Philadelphia some more championship experience. Another mm -hmm. guy that can stretch the floor, another guy who can who can uh, be a scoring presence on the wing. So he would add, he might take a, a little bit away from your defense, but they did just add PJ Tucker. But he can definitely you know step in for Matisse Thybulle and be much more of an offensive presence than Thybulle was. He would probably be more of a spot up shooter off a kickout, maybe off of just um, drives and kicks. Yeah. And we saw that with, like you mentioned, Carmelo Anthony, that we didn't think he could ever be a spot-up shooter. We don't think he'd ever like be that be settled for that role. But he did it with Portland, and he did yeah. it with L.A. a little bit, So yeah. and he thrived in that role. So maybe with uh, Philly, he can not, not only just be that scoring presence, but he could be become an improved catch-and-shoot player and be a good rotational piece for them. And, and with the addition of P.J., and obviously you still have Embiid behind, uh, maybe you don't need as strong of a perimeter defender, yeah. uh, maybe they, they start to prioritize offense because you do have Embiid protecting the rim back there. You do have P.J. Tucker still. So yeah. you never know what could happen with that. That might be the piece that puts him over the top. Who knows? Yeah. And the second trade uh, was it's just a mock-up trade again. All these are baseline trades, but the Kings could get Michael Porter Jr., who would miss the season with uh, an injury. They would trade um, Harrison Barnes for... Uh, Harrison Barnes and Jerry Lamb for Michael Porter Jr. Personally, I actually like like this trade for both sides. 
Nuggets get a solid utility guy. They need somebody who can not only just stretch the floor, but also just be a more scoring, be more of a scoring presence on the wing. And Harrison Barnes isn't a, isn't like an elite defender, but he's he's more of an average defender who can definitely hold his own on the defensive end. And they get Jeremy Lamb, who can also shoot the ball a little bit. And Sacramento gets a young player in Michael Porter Jr., who's who's had a lot of injury problems, but if he can solve that, then they get a really nice, a taller, a lengthier wing who can shoot. And uh, if he improves his defense, he can definitely be a good defensive asset. I think uh, Michael Porter Jr., I would love that trade, honestly, um, if he was, if Michael Porter Jr. was healthy. I would absolutely love it for Sacramento specifically. Um, but if he were healthy, I don't think it would make much sense for Denver. I think it, I think it could work, um, especially because, like we said, if if he decided Harrison Barnes, he wanted to take on a spot of shooter role. You know, we talked about kind of. Uh, I know I mentioned it when I was talking about uh, Composo. We talked about the cast mm-hmm. that some of those guys who are used to creating a little bit more, you're not going to be able to do as much of that on on the floor with uh, with the Joker. Yeah. Now that that Murray's back. Um, that he's gonna have the ball in his hands to be that secondary guy as well. So maybe Harrison Barnes could step in and be again another shooter. There's Monte Morris on the team. He does a little bit more creating. You got Will Barton. He scores a little bit. So if he'd be willing again to come in, be a locker room guy, be a glue guy, veteran presence, focus on defense, be kind of a three and D guy at this point in his career. And you see that sometimes these guys at this point in the career, he's got a ring. Uh, he's been kind of I don't want to say wasting away in Sacramento, but I can imagine that you've been. To the to the mountaintop like he mm-hmm. like he was with the uh, Golden State, and then you go to a team who hasn't you know sniffed the playoffs in sixteen years. How old are you, Alan? I'm seventeen. Seventeen. <laughs> this team yeah. they haven't been to the one the last time. They were. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, so you never know. Um, but I would I would absolutely love that Michael Porter Jr. healthy is an underrated player. I think he'd be great for Sacramento. I do yeah. think that could work. And before we wrap it up. Uh, I wanted to talk about Keegan Murray really quick, yeah. and I think I think he's going to be a pretty solid player. I don't think he's going to be super impactful his rookie season, but if he develops his offense and develops his athleticism a little bit more, I think he could be definitely a strong defender, a good point forward type of player who can stretch the floor a little bit and bang around uh, other post players. I think he could be definitely a, a a good pickup for them. Oh yeah, they he he was uh, I think the only player this year in summer league to shoot 50% from the field and also 40% from the three-point line. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if some people don't think Summer League matters. If Summer League didn't matter, they wouldn't play it. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you always say you can only – all you can do is all you can do. If they put you out there in Summer League, you, you're going to do the best you can. Because if you do poorly in Summer League, they're not going to say, oh, well, Summer League doesn't matter. So when he mm-hmm. does well, it's got to matter just the same. And I yeah. think as well as he could do, he did. Um, and so I think he's going to end up being one of those guys that can play off of De'Aaron Fox. It's great to have another guy who can shoot. Um, mm-hmm. He's not going to come in and be the guy to get a bunch of shots. And I think that I don't think that's what they got him for. But to have another guy that could come in and stretch the floor for this team. Again, this kind of fits with what we talked about beginning where they didn't have direction. And now it seems like they're heading in a specific direction, mm-hmm. adding more pieces to play off of and around Sabonis. And De'Aaron Fox. So hopefully yeah. he fits right. He fits right in. Can be a guy that can stretch the floor, put some points on the board when they need him to. But mm-hmm. hopefully he he's there and he's there for a long time. You know, a lot of their 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 lottery picks they last a year, two years, <laughs> three years, and they're out of yeah. there. Hopefully yeah. he brings some consistency to them as well. With the West uh, declining in competition per se, Utah 
now they, they're just blowing up going full rebuild Portland is we don't know they're trying to compete but we don't know how good they're going to be with Jeremy Grant and Damian Lillard so yeah that, that's a that's a big question mark Phoenix with DeAndre Ains drama and and their championship window closing slightly are they on the Chris decline Paul, another year older yeah Chris for sure and then San Antonio they just traded DeJounte Murray so yeah. and they were the 10 seed this year so they're not going to be much of a, a threat this year to make the playoffs as they're rebuilding now so yeah. if if Sacramento is going to make the playoffs I think this upcoming year with Sabonis this is, this Fox, is going to be the year this has to be the year even New Orleans you never know I mean yeah. we expect Zion to be there but Zion hasn't played much in the last three years so mm-hmm. you, you never know you just yeah. never know injuries can definitely play a role obviously with the, the Lakers you never know with Anthony Davis you never health, know yeah. with LeBron's age and everything so a lot of question marks in the in the West, especially Sacramento. Please make the playoffs. I'm cheering. I'm rooting for you. All right, that just about does it for the episode. Coach, you want to say anything to fans or anything? Can we call the Sacramento Kings the We Believe Kings? <laughs> Can we call them the We Believe Kings? <laughs> that's gonna be a hashtag. Don't worry. That's gonna be a hashtag on this post. We Believe Kings. Don't oh, worry. that's funny. It's funny. Somebody was talking the other day about if Kevin Durant got traded to uh, Boston and Kyrie got traded to the Lakers. It'd be funny to have, I mean, it'd be great to have a Lakers, another Lakers yeah. Boston yeah. finals going for their 18th rings. Yeah. And Sacramento's going to be going for their 17th year of, as, they're, as these two teams <laughs> are going for their 18th rings. They're on their 17 rings now. Sacramento's going for 17 years not being in the playoffs. That's the two ends of the spectrum right there. But we believe Kings. We believe Kings. 100%. We believe. Come on now. We're rooting for you on this show. Put 100%. it on a t shirt. <laughs> so let me shout out the gram really quick go to instagram i'm trying to do my friend bet my best friend impression right now go to instagram on your uh your computer your phone whatever and then type in the t-h-e <laughs> pick and roll in with the n not and pick and roll podcast underscore and that's a wrap